This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by 4 I want to take it away. So, what's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis. Making her first appearance on Gamescoop is Sydney Goodman, a new host for us who's working out of our LA office and visiting up in the SF. So, we all came down to LA to do this. So, we've come down to LA to shoot Gamescoop. Good thing we brought our shorts and sunglasses. Let's get changed, everybody. And Sam Claiborne is here this week. And we've got a great show for you. Uh, but we want, first we want to hear about uh, Sydney a little bit. Sydney, what, what's your favorite game right now that you've been playing? God of War. God of I'm War. I'm trying to think of something a little bit more creative, no, but I'm that's... having a really good time with it. I want to think more out. I'm not very far at all. Okay. But, and it's my first God of War ever, mm-hmm. which is exciting. I really like it. Have you? I mean, no spoilers, but have you gone through the portal where he wake, wakes up in modern day yet? Mm-mm. Okay, sorry. I said too much. It's okay. We'll edit that out. He's just in New York City, like that episode of Simpsons. Homer's in like the that airplane scene. Is that what you're talking about? It's a real fish out of water uh, game. And what's your favorite game of all time, Sydney? Halo 3. Halo 3. Easy. But I Easy. will fully admit that Halo 2 is a better game. Except I was old enough at Halo 3 to get like really into the competitive multiplayer. Sure. Where Halo 2 was kind of just like flailing about. Sure. Sam, I know you're a, you like the Halo games. I do. And uh, we were talking about this earlier. The uh, uh, Halo 3 has such a good campaign, and that's the last campaign you ever played. It is. It's the last campaign I ever played. I wanted and to it, end on end on a bang. That's it. You retired. I, I retired. You know, it is probably wise, although there's been, been some moments since then. But uh, you play multiplayer a I lot play, more than you Yes. I, I still play Halo. I didn't play Halo 4, really. The multiplayer, I didn't really care for it. But Halo 5, I think, feels good. Mm-hmm, I actually mm-hmm. still get on on almost a weekly basis and yeah. play with my crew. Um, yeah, it feels good. I, re- I really enjoy the multiplayer, but the campaign after have you, three. Have you ever played the campaign on Legendary with a friend? I have tried. Those are really fun. <laughs> the, the, uh, four is really hard, but the ones hard. before that, uh, they're hard, but a lot more fun than that. I think I two think is like the impossible one. You just like can't mm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tapped out at one. When MCC came out, I had a friend, and this was in the multiplayer, like you couldn't really play it. So I was like, oh, we might as well, let's try and speed run on Legendary through MCC. Wasn't very speedy. Yeah. Are you me? Because I did the exact same thing with Brian <laughs> Albert. Uh, he's really good at Halo, and I'm fine, like I'm pretty bad. And I was just, I'm like, you just carry me. The way that it works in multiplayer is if one person's alive, the other person will respawn. Yeah. So my only he's job hiding. was to be like so a not mobile, like Contra. I was I was a mobile respawn point for Brian. He's like, just hide, and then I'll go in and kill everybody. And if I die, I'll come back where you are. So, so funny, Brian Albert. Yeah. 
I saw it, my, I was just cowering behind <laughs> behind crates. Do you get in time. vehicles in multiplayer ever? Only if I have to. See the total difference. Like that's <laughs> the only thing I want to do in multiplayer, and I get killed immediately. I see. I mean, I like. I keep it really basic. BR is my gun. Battle rifle. Um, battle rifle. <laughs> and um, I just don't really go for power weapons unless I have to, mm -hmm. like for map control. And usually I'll just drop it for a teammate. Are you good with a Spartan laser? No. <laughs> have you ever seen people good with a Spartan? It's crazy. Does that exist? I was just going to say, does, I, does that is that a thing? <laughs> uh, during the Halo, th was it 3 when that came out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People got really good at that. It was annoying. I, I that sounds really annoying. Yeah, I don't know. That's not my gun. I'm just I'm pretty bad. What about at sniper sniping. rifle? Nope, I'm pretty no, bad all, right. all across the board. <laughs> I'm just bad at sniping. All right. Are you hopeful for a Halo Six announcement at E3? Yes. It's time. Yeah, it's time. Time is now. E3 2018. E3 2018. And then Christmas 2018. <laughs> well, so yeah. I was actually. Everybody was asking me, well, no, nobody was asking me my E3 predictions, <laughs> but I told them anyways. Oh, we were just talking about it before the show. <laughs> the voice in your no, head. Not predictions. That's not true. predictions, That's but true. I said nobody was they're going to announce Halo 6 and be like, out November 2018. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Like but, Fallout style. Yeah, but if it did happen, yeah. then I would be correct and I'd be very happy. Mm -hmm. So, Scoop. That'd be really fun. <laughs> All right, we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. We're going to talk about those mega men, but first... <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm -hmm. Got trailer number three this morning. Everyone got a chance to watch it? I watched. Yeah, I watched it twice. <laughs> watched it a few times. Watched it a few times as well. What's give me your give me your reactions. Give me your hot takes. I wish I was more excited. That's I, you know, that's what I'm seeing in the comments on IGN today. Mm -hmm. People are a little disappointed that it didn't show gameplay. That's what I wanted. Mm. Yep. So disappointed or not excited because of the trailer or because of everything you've seen so far? So I am not a huge Western person. Mm -hmm. I didn't play the first game. I had a lot of people that played it. I like saw the gameplay and I heard about Red Dead 2 coming out and Westworld kind of, I guess, pulled me into, I was like, okay, Western, yeah. sorry, I could be interested in this. And I think I need to see gameplay before I'm totally sold. What if you have seen gameplay? <laughs> What if it has a Westworld style twist where then like someone wakes up out of the animus and they're like, I hope you enjoyed your Western <laughs> adventure. Totally. I've secretly been working on some other game this whole time. I mean, this could be, you know, just like really a game about relationships and talking and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what this trailer was like the story trailer. Like L.A. Norton. Mm -hmm. I thought the last one was the story Yeah, they all have been. But I think trailer two, in my opinion, was a little bit more of like the mood. Like they they had like scenes of like just wildlife and animals. And what was the like first one? Tone. Oh, maybe that was the first yeah, one. That was the first one. Mm. Yeah. It went wildlife and then kind of overall theme. And this is more characters. I think, yeah, I think this. I, that's what I would call this is like a character trailer. But none of those things are like hunting mission. No. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yep. But you do see like a hawk flying around. You're like, okay, maybe I can shoot that for some points. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you guys are thinking? For things to shoot. I actually did that exact thing. I was like trying to get what gameplay. What can I shoot? Like trying to drive. Like yeah. what are you going to do in this game? Yeah, I'm they did have the one hint. Oh, I'm trying to remember. There was one scene in the trailer where I'm like, that's totally like a gameplay, like a hunting mm -hmm. mission or something. Or like the heist in this one. Yeah. There's a couple shots. There's like where he, he tackles a guy like in a takedown move. There's a shot where he's like crawling through a burning building and the camera's right behind him that looks yeah. like, you know, a game. There's the training the horses or catching yeah. horses, last yeah. one horses uh, part. Um, but what I kept in wanting to do is stop and just look in the background. And like in some of those scenes, you see like a lake mm -hmm. and then like a prairie mm -hmm. for a little while. And then like the mountains rising. It's like if that's the open world. That is exciting. You know, I did that like, with, that's yeah. really cool. With the town, like I froze mm -hmm. on the town and just looked at all the characters and NPCs and like yeah. stuff, just mm -hmm. the level of detail that was there in the little dusty, dusty uh, Western town. Yeah. It must be fun to make a world. It's like a little microcosm of, of you know Western culture, and then they like kind of unleash that and say, film these scenes here and make a game out of it. It always feels, it almost seems like it's world first. Like they had to build another reality and now they're yeah. actually figuring out what to do with it. I think GTA 5 it's really did that, cool. right? Maybe, totally. Maybe I made that up. No, I think they did the world, they built the world first and then just put missions inside it after. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's exactly, I mean, that's like us level design, right? Yeah. It's just, it's one level. Is that what level design today is in an open world game? I guess. Totally, yeah. yeah. Just one giant level. Uh, yeah, I was expecting to see gameplay today, but I do think like the mood, like the vibe that they're setting up seems cool. Yeah, it definitely right. does. Sydney, uh, so, so you didn't play Red Dead Redemption. Did you play GTA V? I did, yes. Okay. And actually okay. that brings up, so watching this and what I was interested in seeing in the gameplay we didn't see um, was kind of the UI, how yeah. with GTA, you know, it seems really natural to be like, 
pop out my cell phone. Cool. Like, what is going to be that parallel? Oh, I predicted this in the last episode that there's just going to be cell phone cheats in this. <laughs> That's for no reason. But telegram cheats. I hope cheats. so. A horse has a lot of, like, saddlebag area, and I just yeah. figure, like, you can keep your cell phone in there. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's right. a good place for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they'll uh, have... Well, how did Red, I guess Red Dead just had game menus? It just was more video gamey, right? That was didn't also it. Uh, complicated. Like I love that game <clears throat> to death, but it was complicated to control. Like being on a horse and shooting a gun, and just like the variety of stuff that you kind of had to juggle. I remember my fingers kind of getting twisted up a little bit mm. playing that game. So. It's like in GTA when you're doing drive-by shootings and or flying a helicopter, which is actually pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, there's just a lot more controls than you're normally using. If you want to shoot at the side of your car while you're driving the car, there's not a whole lot of ways you can. You know, control that easily yeah. with the camera too. Yeah. So Sam, yes. you were you were a little bit disappointed with the exploration aspect of God of War. So what would Red Dead Two have to do uh, to sort of satisfy your desire to explore that world? Yeah, I, I think I'm already seeing these kind of elements of like I don't care what's going on in you know this scene right now. I just want to ride into <laughs> the into that storm on the horizon or something. Yeah. I want there always to be something that I know I can get to. But it's like, you know, like they can see on the horizon. The Witcher was really good at this. There was like a mountain range yeah. in the distance. And you could go to it at any time, but there'd be like a giant ogre up there that would kill you. You know, and that was the only thing really stopping you from exploring that area at the time. But there'd be like a r- rundown castle or something that you could see from the distance. I always like finding a landmark saying like, that's what I want to do today is go explore that landmark. And I know in Western games, it's a little bit more mundane because it'll be like a cabin on a mountain or something. <laughs> but I, I want them to be able to, yeah. I think I think there can be some really beautiful things to go explore, and I'm already seeing. Could be Bigfoot up there. Could be, yeah. And uh, I think the Sasquatch moments in the last game were are some of my favorite. Oh, I remember now the yeah. thing. Sorry, no, I just couldn't remember the thing in the trailer that I'm like, that's clearly just a mission. Was the boxing, the bare knuckle? Oh yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems like maybe a mini game. Yeah, some, there are a bunch it's, of mini. It's games not an open world game if they don't have some sort of boxing something. Well, it's just like an easy. It's like an easy side mission to add, right? I didn't do a lot of boxing in Breath of the Wild. I did it in Witcher. Think. It was very silly. Yeah. Liar's Dice. Was that one of the mini games in the last yeah. one? Yep. Yeah, that like sounds always, right. I, didn't, I didn't play many of those. Yeah. But I didn't play Gwent the whole time I played Witcher. Dude. I never put a card down in that game. Mm, liar's Dice. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, don't, you, you don't need to. You're not super into card games, right? So there's that. Yeah, no. poker in Red Dead, too. Yeah. Uh, so that's our third look at Red Dead. It's uh, still got its release date. At least it didn't, didn't get delayed again. Still uh, set for October 26th, I want to say. Uh, I don't think it's going to move. I think this yeah. is it. It's it's rooted in place. Yeah. It's it's standing there. So. Uh, they'll definitely, you know, there's several more like beats they can hit uh, where they can show off more of the gameplay. Maybe it'll be at E3, maybe on Sony's stage because they do have like yeah. a marketing. But by deal. the time people are reading that, or sorry, watching or listening yeah. to this tomorrow, we'll have tons of stuff about Red Dead. Yeah, bright and early tomorrow morning. I think it's 7 a.m. Pacific. We've got a big uh, blowout on. Red Dead Redemption Two going up on the sites, and that'll be today for most of you. I think sometimes you get audio up early, but uh, audio up, audio will be up today. Yeah, video will be up tomorrow. Thursday, May third, we have a huge yeah. amount of uh, actually exclusive stuff from Red Dead Redemption, yeah. which should be a little bit be, more what maybe people were expecting. Yeah, we've def- yeah yeah we've seen the game be played, but we're not going to see gameplay. Yeah. All right, moving on. Speaking of The Witcher. We are now 99.99% sure that Cyberpunk 2077 will be at E3. This is because developer CD Projekt Red is coming to E3, and they say they're bringing an RPG. Well, there you go. There you have it. Unless there's some Witcher DLC forthcoming... It's definitely cyberpunk. Just Do you guys know anything about the cyberpunk card game? That it's That's why on? I wanted to ask Justin, <laughs> yeah. our, our resident tabletop gaming uh, expert. Wait, what's the question? Do you what? know anything about the Cyberpunk tabletop game? Yeah, that it's, this called, is based it's called on? Cyberpunk 2020. No, I don't know anything. 88. About it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nope. exactly. Cannot help you. <laughs> no, I never. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but this game is based on a tabletop game. Yeah, it's similar-ish to The Witcher in the sense that it's adapted from the subject. This the uh, novels, right? This you know this uh, a previous subject matter, you know, mm-hmm. but it sort of eclipsed it and superseded totally. it. Now, Witcher as an identity is a video game franchise mm-hmm. separate from these Polish novels and. The cyberpunk tabletop setting, I suspect that the video game will end up doing something similar, right? Like it's going to yeah. leave a bigger footprint, if I were to guess. Yeah. Have there been other games that have been adapted from tabletop games? 
Well, there's Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Shadowrun. Uh, that's an obscure one, but like Magic I mean, has yeah. a, a version, uh, yeah. you know. But that's a little. They didn't adapt it into like a. Oh, a, I see what you're saying. An RPG. Uh, oh, no, you're right. The Shadowrun's yeah. a I mean, really good example. You know, Dungeons that. and Dragons video games. There's been plenty of Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. And uh, and then like Pathfinder is Neverwinter Nights like a Dungeons and Dragons inspired mm-hmm. yep. video game, right? And that's a that's a huge one. And so those like run the gamut from like sometimes they just take like the setting, like we're gonna put, make an action game but set it in this Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. world, but then other times it's much more like. We're gonna try to replicate that mm-hmm. role playing experience in digital form. And then so. there's Mario Party, <laughs> based on a tabletop game. Yeah, based off yeah. Mario Monopoly. Isn't it crazy that there is no Mario Party tabletop game? I'd play that game. Bit. I would play that heck out of that. It would have to have a lot of a lot of yes, pieces. Exactly. <laughs> have to have a lot of pieces. And then at the end, you just roll the dice to see who wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else matters. Uh, in, the, in the words of James Hetfield, uh, Cy- Cyberpunk is a long time coming, right? Well, yeah. Uh, was it 2013? I was in high school in 2012. So it's going to, it's, yeah, that means it's had a lot of time to become a really, hopefully, really fun, cool game. I mean, so Witcher 3 was a, a pretty big hit. I know you play a lot of that, Sam. Did you yeah. play Witcher 3? I didn't. So that's part of the reason why I'm so excited for this is because I've heard only amazing things about Witcher yeah. 3. Obviously, they've done an incredible job, like you said, adapting something that's now recognized as more of a video game than anything. Yeah. Uh, so and cyberpunk like culture is like a, a cool thing. To yeah. Remember. It's totally like undertapped, right? Like we were all so mm-hmm. sad to see um, the the prey. Like they revealed that version of prey that was very cyberpunky. Then yeah, exactly. It. The prey we got was really cool as well. But mm-hmm. you know that canceled Never played the game. It. But no Mohawks. Are yeah. you sure there's no Mohawk in the game? In prey. Yeah, last year's prey. No, I'm not sure, but I did play a lot of it. And I didn't see one. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But the, I think um, is Deus Ex. Would, would you guys say like the biggest yeah, like yeah. cyberpunk series? Yeah, there's more. Like there's more that can be done there. Like we get a lot of fantasy games, obviously, and mm-hmm. we get a lot of like GTA style games. But like, yeah. and we even get like you know hard sci-fi like spaceships and stuff. But like cyberpunk and that sort of hacker culture is mm-hmm. not really very explored in video games. The yeah. funny thing Shadow about Run like, does a good job with it. Yeah, the funny thing about uh, like those William Gibson books from the '80s like Neuromancer or something where it's all about like VR and it's about like living mm-hmm. in a virtual space and having like the world be affected by that. Mm-hmm. So like if cyberpunk like actually worked that in, it'd be interesting if there was like a light world, dark world, Zelda type thing, but one was the mm-hmm. virtual world. Mm-hmm. I mean, Persona is kind of like that, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, like there's a whole, you know, the whole map that's open world. And then there's also the map that's the virtual open world where you can fly or something, you know? We, uh, cool. a video game journalism moment from my history that always makes me chuckle is I interviewed some of the executives from CD Projekt, I think two or three years ago. About The Witcher? About, and I, well, it was, and, but then, I, you know, I did the thing you always do where you slip in a question about cyberpunk. I said, what's going on with cyberpunk? And they said, you know, we're not really talking about cyberpunk right now. Like, you know, we're staffing up that team and we'll have more to say in a couple of years. And then I think my headline was like, CD Projekt executives talk cyberpunk. <laughs> and the quote was like, we're staffing up that team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is true. Nothing about that is untrue, but I still I still flash on that moment once in a while where it's like, you got to be careful what you say. It's true. So CD Projekt Red will be at E3. Uh, Cyberpunk is definitely a highly anticipated game. It will be at a uh, press conference. Will it be at Microsoft or Sony? The Witcher 3 was at Microsoft. So if oh, history, the if, marketing relationship with that game? I don't think they've announced it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if history tells us anything, I would guess it would be Microsoft. I think Microsoft needs it. I mean, I think yeah, they need this press conference to really. That's like, why it'd be really mean for Sony to. <laughs> Surprise! We have Sony Cyberpunk. Think, do you think Sony think we should give this one to Microsoft? Just, look, <laughs> just to keep things interesting. Um, I think the Xbox One X is a considerably more powerful console than the PS4 Pro, and I have to assume that Cyberpunk will be mm-hmm. a uh, you know a graphical powerhouse. So an example would be like Metro was on the Xbox. Uh, showcase last mm, year was I can't recall um, but so from CD Projekt's perspective you know I mean it's a business decision right so that's what's mostly going to drive it but yeah. in order for the game to make the best splash that it can in terms of you know running and just gorgeous 4k and yada yada you'd think it would probably be a little bit more likely to be on Microsoft stage yeah well we don't have too long to wait you know uh, E3 is like a month and a few days no nah, man, away don't say that yeah nah, I'm excited I'm just kidding I'm excited, yeah I'm excited. I always get excited. I'm not ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are two different things, I suppose. <laughs> Sydney, have you covered E3 before? Um, not covered. I actually, I have always worked a booth. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I did GameSpot's booth, and last year there was a booth with Red Bull and ESA. And so I've been oh, yeah. chained to the desk. Well, not really the desk, the podium. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll get you out there. It's yeah, super fun show. I'm excited. Fun. Very, very covering excited. It. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I had a lot of fun like calling people. Yeah. Oh, trying to get appointments. Did you get to go to the Nintendo booth ever? Yes. It's yeah. During cool. my break. So it'd be like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, it's always fast run to the other side. Is yeah. it going to be a Smash Brothers booth this year? It's a good question. I think so. I don't think they're going to do the single really game like thing that. anymore. No, you yeah, I would do. So. I think it's disappointing that there's not a Microsoft just direct booth in this in the yeah. here. It'll be off off campus. I really hope though that they're doing it because they're really going to do something cool like in big, the Microsoft they need more Theater room or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm just I'm really hoping that they did it not necessarily to showcase Mixer, but more because they were like, we have this really cool idea to utilize the theater. Which I don't think is the case, but it'd be that cool is the if idea, it was. Right? They wanted to really play up mixer, yeah, and that's in. And so the mixer booth, to my understanding, is where the, the Microsoft booth would yeah. be. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm a month and a few days away. It's coming up soon. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you, you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com, just like Tim in Kentucky did. Tim Tucky, they call him. He says, I've been watching GameScoop for about four years now. It is by far my favorite games podcast. Last year, Capcom released a cartridge for Street Fighter for SNES, and now they are releasing Mega Man 2 and X, NES, and NES cartridges, irrespectively. While both consoles have been out of production for a while, there are companies making newer versions of them. Could we get to a point where companies will make more games for them because you have both the old consoles and the newer versions? This is the said... This is said... Said Street Fighter 2 cartridge. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know if it glows in the dark. It does. Oh, it does glow in the dark. Yeah. Confirmed. We yeah, got, well, we got one of the rare ones. Some of the Mega Man ones will glow in the dark too. Yes. This is the glow in the dark. So one. the Mega Man 2 is a uh, light blue NES cart, and then the Mega Man X is a white Super Nintendo cart. So it's yeah. the same. The Street Fighter 2 one is more of like a novelty. Like, doesn't it say don't put this in an SNES because it <laughs> could get hot and blow up? Yeah, they like in, can't guarantee you like, it won't blow up. In the original <laughs> press release and the press materials, it said don't. Uh, it was like more like, yeah, like this. You risk hurting your old Super Nintendo. By putting yeah. this in it. But I couldn't remember, was fine. that like something real or is that just like a legal, like because this console's so old? It was in the fine print and we made a big deal out of it because it was funny. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't do any follow-up journalism. So. <laughs> That's true. Justin, can you get on that? <laughs> Ask him the tough questions. <laughs> Slip in a question about Mega Man X2. I will delegate that to Seth. Uh, yeah. And how much did the Street Fighter 2... So he, here's what's going on. So this this is a really cool set. It comes with like all this stuff, and it's really pretty. It's embossed. It has kind of like a little fold-out poster. Um, and then yeah, the cartridge just plays in a Super Nintendo, right? That, that's really neat. That mm -hmm. that exists. This this was a hundred bucks, and it was about twenty to ship, so it was like hundred twenty total. That's what these games are too. So the NES one and the Super NES one are both a hundred bucks uh, for Mega Man X and for Mega Man Two, which are mm -hmm. the new. Uh, releases now. What concerns me is that you can get this for about eighty bucks on eBay right now, mm. Mm. sealed. Mm -hmm. So it, like lost value right away. So like as a collector's item, that's not great, right? Mm. Yeah. So like just be aware of that. But it also is a playable, brand new Street Fighter Two cartridge, which is a cool novelty. If you you know are collecting and you want a full collection, this is an official release that you need to have if you're completing a Super Nintendo collection. So that's cool. That's yeah. a good point too. If someone, because that's a thing. Like I have every SNES game, mm -hmm. and if you want it, like now, if there's new ones coming out, yep. like, yeah, you got to pick them up, especially if they're made by Capcom, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like that's like a big deal. Um, so this is that. That's important. And then the uh, the new games uh, out of both those. This is like Street Fighter Two. You can get in the box for probably under twenty dollars. Um, but I looked up Mega Man Two. Uh, if you just wanted to buy Mega Man Two, like a nice copy in box, like you would have bought it in 1988. It's about it's under sixty bucks. And then uh, Mega Man X is under forty. So, and that's for like those are the sold prices on eBay. Like people bought them for that much. So, yeah. just, mm -hmm. you know, those that's what the going rate is for the classics one. So, what you're buying is you know an, an intentional collector's item that looks really cool. Like the, the 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 new cartridges look really nice. But just be aware that you know I, I think that those prices are pretty high. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't initially, and now I do. Now I'm thinking like, oh, maybe that's like the barrier to entry for me to, to go in on buying a second copy of Mega Man 2 in box and stuff. It's, it's not Mega Man 2 high. for 60 bucks. That means it's a little rare, huh? Like yeah. That's pretty well, high. It, no, NES. it's the box. So in the US, mm -hmm. any NES boxes add uh, add to the value of a game. Because kids here threw away their boxes. Yeah. In Japan, mm -hmm. it's different. Everybody saved their boxes. So when you go to like a used game store there, all the Famicom games are like so neatly organized in their boxes. And I saved mine through my whole childhood and gave up and threw them all out. Yeah. <laughs> did you personally throw them away or did they just get lost in the I shuffle? Think, no, I mean, I think I have a vague memory of being like 16 or 17 and being like, what, what am I doing with all these? And then yeah. just get, you know, giving up. After, yeah, that's like, like a really common story. Well, it's funny that you have to make the decision to keep them 
every single time you see them, but you only have to make the decision to throw them away once. Mm-hmm. Yep. My dad threw mine away. Ooh. Well, not SNES, but I had all my 64, like, are those still cartridges? Do yeah. you call those cartridges? Yeah. Cartridges. They were all in this nice bin because I threw out all of the mm-hmm. boxes. And I came home from school one day and was like, hey, Dad, I'm going to grab my GameCube and my 64. And he was like, they're in the trash. And oh, I was no. Like, no. It was a huge bummer. Yeah. yeah my mom threw away my Magic the Gathering cards when I went off to college. Those are worth yeah. money. I never forgave her. <laughs> That's not true. You're going to go home <laughs> to see her tonight. And just yeah. like, I had a similar off to college thing where like all my games from uh, childhood were, were given away to uh, somebody. I don't know how. Kids, if you are going off to college, yeah, take, you take need to stuff. have that conversation with your parents. Say, look, mm-hmm. this is the stuff you can't get rid of. You have to just store this in your mm-hmm. closet for a while. This is the stuff I don't care about. Don't assume your parents will just keep your stuff around. You'll come home disappointed. Yeah, But when I was a kid, I inherited other people's school stuff. Like, I remember some kid... I, I got all of his Star Wars toys, like really amazing ones, like the Millennium Falcon and like all the stuff wow. in like 1983 or something. Uh, it was amazing. It was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I got just boxes and boxes, and I just I bet he was just like crying somewhere when he found that out. <laughs> that was it's a nice a, a life cycle. That's I mean, that's it's just nice. like Toy Story. Yeah, it's just like Toy Story three. That's like the saddest Spoilers. thing ever, though. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I had a lot in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So $100 for uh, 30-year-old NES and SNES games. Is that just the cost of manufacturing this hardware today? Yeah. Like well, I, we know it's not, though, because there's all the other ones that are cheaper. But I think it's that plus the license, maybe. I don't know, man. Like, it's pretty, like... It's, it's expensive, for sure. Stuff gets cheaper the more of it you do, right? So if there's a 1,000 of these, it yeah. costs them more to make each one than if there's 5,000 of them mm-hmm. or 10,000. Yeah, I think them, it's so. like 8,000. If but it's those, The Data East collections are just cheaper. That's what's confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So those are like 65, 70 bucks. Good point. Mm-hmm. On a cartridge? Yes. Interesting. Those ones that we, we've been yeah. playing, like the but Joe it, and Matt collections. But then like I said, that license is far less valuable than Mega Man. Yeah, right, but they, and then these come with, again, like a printed manual, like <clears throat> like really nice like poster stuff. This I don't one, understand license. Is it not Capcom making it? It is. So what's the well, no license IM8 bit? It's 8-bit. Uh, yeah, IM8 bit is the one that's actually, I think, doing the oh. manufacturing. So it's, yeah, so that's, so they do have to buy that license from Capcom then. I would think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. I thought it was Capcom manufacturing them. But this one, you could, you could get a, what we call in America, a fanny pack. Hip pack? They call them. Get bu- out of with hip They pack. call them bum bags. Well, who oh. says hip pack? I don't like and any of this. Both. Well, I don't want to go into it. Knapsack. <laughs> but those are. But fanny pack is a dirty, thi- more dirty thing in, in the UK. So they think that's funny. So I think it's just I don't know. They want with the neutral. Hip pack. Hip pack. I don't think that. Stop trying to make hip pack a thing. Uh, but for okay. your price that you pay you, for this game, at so least you get a free. These cartridges. These new cartridges are cool but expensive. But the question is, since there are like so many, uh, you know, there's third parties manufacturing like the Retron, yep. uh, ways to play these old cartridges, will we get to a point where companies are making new games mm-hmm. for these old cartridges? Is there any world where Nintendo makes a new yes. uh, by, SNES by cartridge? By companies, yes. you mean like the bigger companies? Yeah, Nintendo, like lots of Capcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. The thing is, like, Nintendo could certainly make a new 16-bit style game and release it for download. Uh, and that's far less expensive for them than manufacturing the hardware, which is only going to appeal to a very small. Mm-hmm. Nintendo specifically? I mean, I don't know. No, probably yeah. not. But I think we'll see, you know, someone, some notable company that's not like an indie homebrew company mm. release a new, like we still, every couple of years, a new Dreamcast game comes out. Or just Mega Man 11. Really? Right? Yeah. Like, I think we'll see a well, new, I think we'll see a new PS1 game, you know, come out on disc. Like, yeah. But Mega Man 11 isn't a Super Nintendo style game. Yeah. No, it, it just, that's true. Yeah. Mega Man 12, though. Could be, could uh, be. A, a Super Nintendo card. Nine or ten could have been. Yeah. I'm a crazy person Maybe. with collecting, and I would absolutely be all in if I knew the code on the new cartridges was different. So if, like, Mega Man 2 had, I don't know, a Mario coin in it or something, <laughs> just something really stupid. It's just anything. Just, just whatever. <laughs> Mega Man was, a, you know, rainbow colored. Or, yeah, or they added a dinosaur to the yeah. Woodman level. I'm, I'm all in. But like as as it stands, it's just because just, just the same class. game. Yeah, but same. it is the uh, the cartridge is light blue now. I know, I know. That that kills me a little bit. <laughs> what if Mega Man came with a hat in the game? But doesn't he already wear a hat? He has a helmet. Don't yeah. start with me. Uh, you can <laughs> wear a hat a over your helmet. Yeah, he could put a the old helmet hat. They call it. <laughs> There's an argument to be made that the whole head helmet component is just his robot head. Yeah, yeah. that's just part of. He his does body. take it off. I know he that. Takes it off right? and then don't he write has, in. Don't have hair. He has hair underneath it. But my. But why do you pick up extra heads for extra lives with the helmet on? <laughs> that's true. All right. Don't at me. 
Everyone at him. <laughs> yeah, you can have me. It's fine. Uh, sticking with the theme of uh, rescuing some of these older games, Clark from Cleveland writes in, Clarkland writes in to say, first off, I want to start by saying that I can't believe my question is being read. Dreams do come true. <laughs> You got to dream bigger, Clarkland. I've been listening to the show since 2014 and it's become the highlight of my week. I was recently playing one of my favorite games, Brave Fencer Musashi. Oh. Everyone familiar with this game? No. So no. This is a late, game, right? late 90s Square Soft game that they wanted it to be their Legend of Zelda. It's like a top down action adventure game. Say the name again. It's actually pretty good. Brave Fencer Musashi. Like, PS1 pretty era? Good. PS1. Like 98? 98 is issue. Like On Guard? It's, no, he's a swordsman. Square was doing all kinds of weird stuff back then. Yeah, that's when they made like Einhander and yep. doing experiments. Anyway, Brave Fence and Musashi. That a action adventure game. game. Uh, and it's pretty good. Anyway, Clarkland says, I was struck by how much of a pain it is to play it. As it was never released on the PlayStation Store, I have mm-hmm. to drag out my original copy and hook up my PS3. Yeah. I am extra concerned as there still has been no word about Nintendo's virtual console. I was wondering if there are any games that you enjoy that are trapped on old consoles like Baten Kaitos. Anybody remember that one? Yeah, GameCube. That GameCube game? Uh, and what might companies do to make it so they can always be enjoyed? Yeah. This is something that comes back up. I feel like I bring it up on Scoop every once in a yeah. while. That Games know, that I'm, are trapped on old consoles. I'm really fascinated by that just because m- you can assume that most big AAA popular games will probably get re-released or come back around. But then there's always exceptions to that rule. And uh, yeah, I'm always like, it's hard to play games like Skies of Arcadia, I think is an example we were talking about a few um, months yeah. ago. Where it's on GameCube and Dreamcast, but like, that's it. Can't get it. Yeah. It may be on PC. I don't think it's on PC. Uh, in Sydney, we've talked many times about how the Wii was like such a unique console. There's like yeah. all these games that were made for it that we can't, like, you just can't play any other way. Yeah, today. you need the hardware. Yeah, so it's interesting. Well, and, and Nintendo has that problem. For some reason, like Nintendo was really representative of, of the, the NES and SNES years, but and even in 64, like, yes, there's the Zelda games and, and the Mario games, they get like big reissues. Yeah. But like we were just talking about, what was the Kirby game called? Uh, Crystal Shards. Crystal Shards. Like there's no way that would yeah. get like a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a common reissue because like it's, it's a little bit harder to emulate 64 than those other things, right? Those are kind of big games. And so like in well, the... But the they, those games were available on the virtual console though. Yeah. All of them. Well, but some of them were. Right? It's yeah. just so few of them. It's, you, don't, you just don't get these big libraries of yeah. 64-bit and above games. And I think it's because there's this perce- perceived value in them where it's like, oh, but if we held on to that, we might just be able to clean it up and release it by itself. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo seems to be really, really precious with some of their games. They're not having any interest in bringing some of them back, whereas others come back over and over and over again. You know, we had the Zelda compilation disc uh, on GameCube that had, you know, Ocarina and games on it. And that's a game that we keep seeing over and over again. Sure. But then other, you know, other games, that's not the case. Well, the Virtual Console was an incredible resource for re- revisiting mm-hmm. uh, gaming's past because it wasn't just Nintendo consoles, right? It was also Sega, even like TurboGrafx-16. That's like the only way pretty, I played, like Bonk. And pretty games. obscure stuff, which I really appreciate. So I, I can only hope that whatever Nintendo's solution is for the Switch is going to sort of bring that back. In the case of the Wii specifically, um, uh, you know, something like Zelda Skyward Sword that really relied on motion yeah. controls, it's hard to imagine how that will come back. Um, even if there was the will and desire. Do it with the Joy-Cons, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? For now, but again, I'm taking like the long view. Like we're going to yeah. f- be playing Zelda 2 for decades, but like certain games that were really motion control heavy feel like they're kind of going to be lost to the sands of time. Yeah, well, and I think that brings up a really good point of just a more general question of like, what happens to games you love? Like how do yeah. you show later generations? Don't leave them with your parents. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> Don't leave it. Put them in a box that says do not give yeah. away. yeah. But I, I think it's interesting because even, you know, going back, um, the example that I always bring up is like Halo because I love Halo. And like I would love for if I have children to experience that. But also sure. just the experience is so different because their bar of what an enjoyable game is is so different than it was back then. Mm-hmm. So like how are so even games? Even if you get it running, like it's like, is this actually is this fun? fun? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It should be. Games should be able to stand the test of time, like Mario 64 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's still a 3D game, and like it works. I think the Halo campaign is still fun. I played it recently. Yeah. Um, Halo 1? Yeah. yeah. yeah you know that, the too. one where you can switch back and forth in the, the collector's edition? Yeah. CE? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The, yeah, Combat Evolved. No, sorry. Oh. What, was the, what was the collector's edition called? Yeah. The Master Chief Collection? Oh, Master Chief Collection. Collection. MCC, yeah. yeah. That's really impressive that you can switch back, yeah. back and forth between those. Yeah. 
It's cool. Um, I, so many games that if the topic is like locked on old systems, like there's a lot of reasons for that. And the one really worrying thing is that even hooking up old consoles to contemporary TVs mm -hmm. is becoming really difficult. Yep. So even if you have the console and you can run the old cartridges, we're like this close to like coaxial cable connections, like the white wire you put in the back of your TV for cable. Like those aren't going to be around forever. And that's yeah. the last way you have to hook up an Atari. They don't have AV cables. Yep. You know, you have to have an RF switch for them. And like, it's really confusing. And But there's a new Atari coming out. There's a new Atari coming out. Yeah. I need to think about, was it Clark, I think, asking? Um, Clark Lind. To his original question of like games that are trapped. Like it's hard. Like I need to research. Like I'm kind of running through some in my head. Like I don't think... 1080p snowboarding on the N64 ever came back around on Virtual Console, but like oh. maybe it did. Like, I would need to kind of look it up, but I'm definitely interested in writing about that as a feature on IGN. Yeah, Aladdin for Genesis. Yeah, all those Disney games are never coming back. I mean, a few of them did. There was the those are more like collection. Like broke yeah. my mind when that was possible to get Ducktales in that collection. Yeah. Like and the stuff. Konami TMNT really cool. games. Like when, when a company yeah. loses a license and the game goes exactly. Away. Yeah. yeah, those ones are really tough. So many games do get re-released, even obscure stuff uh, today. But I'm finding like they they tend to be really expensive. Like there's all these Neo Geo, like really weird Neo Geo games being released every yeah, you've week. Been going down the rabbit hole with those. Yeah, but they're like eight dollars a piece, and like most people aren't even going to bother. Yeah. You know, they might. They're like really interesting games uh, from like the '90s, and then like this this random Japanese shooter, this arcade shooter called Dangun Feveron, which I thought I was the only person in the world who remembered. It's like really weird top-down shooter from the year like 2000, 1999. It just got a re-release on PS4, but it's $30. You buy it? For this. No, it's like crazy. It's like crazy <laughs> a downloadable expensive. old game is yeah, $30. A downloadable old game that should you know, cost a, a 50 cents in a Japanese arcade today. It costs $30 to download. It's crazy. So they need to they need to sort that out. But they're probably assuming anyone that would spend $10 on it will spend $30 it's on it. It's really interesting. They couldn't get me. And I, I'm like the demographic <laughs> you're, you're the for guy. this game. And they couldn't get me to spend $30 on it. Maybe it's because not that they don't project I mean, so sure. many people are going to. So they're but like, oh, well, we'll just charge not, a little bit more. But at $30, they're not going to sell any copies, <laughs> right? Like who bought that game? I want to know. Did any of our listeners buy Dangun Fever on, on yeah. PS4? Let me know. Mm -hmm. and, and then you bring it over so we can try it. Yeah, and then bring it over to my house. Uh, and then, Sam, the other uh, game preservation issue that I, I concerns me is arcade games because so many of those don't... We're talking about console games being released for the most part. Mm -hmm. There's thousands of arcade games that are just arcade games, never got part yeah, of the console. Even if licensing is tough, it's also like those games are on a game board Right, yeah. like a giant, you know, circuit board, often bespoke, like that you have to hook up like a specific controller to, like Tron or Atari Star Wars, to the best games ever made. Like use insane controllers, and like if you're gonna play those on a console, yeah. it doesn't even work. Yeah, that's, it doesn't, that's not even the right way to play them. Um, and then also like those two are good examples too, because one of those has a horizontal monitor, which is very common in arcade machines. Yep. And none of our TVs are horizontal. Or, I mean, sorry, vertical. I'm saying it the wrong way. Yeah, vertical. Vertical monitor. So it's like your regular old TV, but it's on its side, right? And then the Star Wars game is on a vector monitor, which isn't isn't even really a television. It's like a a box of math and magic that's like drawing a laser, you know, looking thing on the screen. It, look, it looks incredible, but you're never going to get that on television. It just, just doesn't look like that. That's yeah. not what televisions do. So there's just no way to present those games except for they're in their original formats. Yeah. There's the, there's the experiential aspect of it. And also a lot of people like the NES was so popular and that's what we've been playing for years and years. Like when I'm picturing Donkey Kong in my mind, it's not the arcade version, it's the NES version, which that game may actually be very, very close, but those other games that were not that No, it's close. not. It's missing an entire level. The home one? Yeah, well, there's no excuse what, for that. The sound, it not, the sound is totally It doesn't different. have the Pie Factory. Maybe I am. I'm picturing the <laughs> Pie Factory then, so I don't know. Maybe I am I mean, picturing you, the You could have played it in, in some other yeah. variation. But, but a, a better example... A, a casualty of the horizontal yeah. vertical issue. An equally good example, I should say, is uh, like Double Dragon on NES is very, very different than the arcade game, but yeah, I think inferior. that's the one that like people yeah. picture. Yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. and that's not even two players. Uh... One, That's insane. One, yeah, that, yeah, the original Double Dragon, one player, and the only enemies that can be on screen are two clones two enemies at, yep. at a time. Uh, one solution for the vertical monitor issue is the Switch in uh, portable mode. Yeah, you, you actually right? have an arcade game yeah. that you play on its side, right? Yeah, I, have, I played Dragon Blaze, which is another uh, obscure Japanese shooter that you can Cuts. just tip up the uh, Switch and then uh, detach the Joy-Con. Uh, to play it that way. And the upcoming Ikaruga shooter is also going to mm -hmm. contain that mode, which is the, coming uh, this month. The smartest PC ports of arcade games like that support, you know, running the game sideways because you're going to turn your monitor on your side, on its side. There was really? a That's cool. PSP game, yeah. uh, Madden, one of the Maddens that there was a mini game and you had yeah, to flip it and it play it vertically. 
What was yeah. the mini? Like, what were you? Was it like you were, field goals? It was like third person behind the a running back shoulder, and you would be running, and then you'd have to like press X to like juke, and you'd oh. get mm-hmm. see how many defenders you could get past. Weird. And then there was it a was Ninja Gaiden game <laughs> and Brain Age on the DS, the original mm. DS, which you turned and, and, yeah. and used it. Uh, yeah. They called it like Notebook. Yeah. yeah. Hotel Dusk was played that way too. Hotel Dusk also. Yeah, there's a few games that are played that way. That's really cute. I like I like it when portable systems can work two ways. Like, yeah, that's really it cool. Is cool. One more word on arcade games that have uh, unique control schemes. Nintendo made an arm wrestling arcade game that's just like Punch Out, uh, where it's like every arm wrestle you fight is totally unique. And uh, I don't think very many people even know about that. You know, the very first Street Fighter game had a pressure sensitive. Yeah, like, that's what I was circle. just gonna say. <laughs> what? And I, there's versions of Street Fighter Two that have that. Like really? Like you light, like, medium, heavy punch depends on how hard you punch down this like this yeah. plastic thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, they so, should bring that to Evo. Uh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so you're controlling and stuff, and then there's just like, you know, some meathead that's like, rah, 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 and like winning. Yeah. Hulk smash. And some of course meathead. they Thank just broke smash. all the time. Yeah. There's just that's, no way to maintain that. Yeah. All right, moving on. This is Marcelo from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Wow. Cool. Says, first time writing. I'm a long, long time listener of the show. It's because of IGN that I started my career in video games journalism. And after some years doing PR for some publishers, I'm now living abroad and working for EA in Madrid. Nice. I guess all those years reading IGN paid off. Anyway, just recently, I was at the Nintendo eShop on my Switch, and I saw, like, I'm at the Nintendo eShop. I saw a game called Don't Knock Twice on sale, and since I'm a fan of horror games, I I started researching it. But the lack of video reviews made me watch a gameplay of a famous Brazilian YouTuber playing it, something I don't usually do because it takes out the surprise of a game. In his gameplay, I could see that the game wasn't very good, and it had a (laughs) hilariously bad localization for Brazilian Portuguese, which made me watch it through to the end. After finish, I was glad I didn't buy a bad and unpolished game, and now I've started watching other gameplays of this same indie horror genre just to see if they're worth it or not. I would like to ask your opinion about this. Have you guys ever considered or watched someone play any recent game that you had doubts about buying? And if so, did it end up saving you money or or your time? Do you check out gameplay? I mean, I feel like that's our entire life is that we walk past somebody's desk and be like, what's this like? That's true. So it's just, I'm not trying position. to be smug about it. Like that yeah. is, it means a lot to us to be able to see games early and make that decision. Well, we, that's yeah. what our job is, is present that to you to make that decision. A little bit of a special case, just the four of us in particular, because of the job that we do, um, you know, yeah, it's the same thing Sam just said. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to disagree to a certain extent. I think certain games... I will just get it in my head before I see any gameplay. Like, well, I'm purchasing that. Oh, yeah, and course, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, I'll see gameplay. I'll be like, oh, they just showed a bad part. Like, they just showed <laughs> a bad part to show. I don't know. And I'll get it anyways. Yeah. So, well, how there often are, are you? Cases. How often are you satisfied? So, like, how, good, like is, how good is your intuition? Maybe it's a 50 50. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I would say I do it with indie games more than like AAA games because AAA games you see a lot before they're yeah. out. But if I if I if we get a press release about an indie game and it's just an email and it sounds interesting, yeah, I'll check out some gameplay of it. Uh, I always scrub through anytime if you're a game developer making a trailer for an indie game. The yeah. very first thing I do is go one third of the way through your trailer until they the gameplay wait starts. Thirty yeah. seconds to get to the gameplay and it's there's the title card, huge pet yep. peeve of me, the swelling of music. Yeah, there's Ex- a title like explosion. in a world yeah. or like yeah. <laughs> don't need it. Yeah, no, I, just I, get I just. just Cut right to your gameplay. Particularly if you're making like an indie Switch game or PC game or whatever. Like all I want. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like now that I think about it more, I want to make my judgment based off of, you know, 25 seconds of gameplay, whether I'm interested in seeing more. That's like the first impression that I'm hunting for. We notice um, this is a little behind the scenes, but uh, when we have an indie game that look that has a a striking graphic style Mm -hmm. that just looks like nothing else, like just like the, the goose game. This game, yeah. When it has like something like that, when we, uh, uh, you know, we notice like people watch those like crazy. Yeah, it, it, like it doesn't matter that it's not a big game. It's like it's this eye-catching nature of like I've never seen that before, and it looks cute or it looks colorful or something. Like people watch those a lot. Or that's, that's a pro tip if you're making a game. Or Beyonce Two Souls. Yes, yeah. and there's also Beyonce Two Souls. Yeah. Check it out on IGN.com yeah. this week. We have some pretty exclusive footage of the actual game, Beyonce Two Souls. Is actual too strong of a word for that? Well, it is a thing that we have. It's playable. Yeah. Unclear. Yeah. It's actual. We, uh, um, it's actual. All right. 
your art, particularly if you're making an indie game, is marketing. Maybe more yeah, so for than sure. it is. Like, it, you know, whether that's fair or unfair, like you'd have the coolest idea and like the most clever gameplay <clears throat> loop or whatever, but to cut through the noise of like the 20 games that come out on Steam every day, you have to be doing something striking and unique with your That's, visuals. yeah, really well put. I yeah. think that's an interesting way to, to look at it. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a minefield though, because like you could pick a pixel art art style and that immediately will appeal to me i'm like cool that looks great but then there's this whole other segment of gamers that are like that looks old and you know lame i'm not interested so it's like yeah you're like locked into something that's going to appeal to some people and not to others but to play devil's advocate i would argue that it's becoming like another side of the marketing is attract like is it streamable and like are Mm -hmm. youtubers going to pick up pick it up and are they like i'm thinking of dream daddy while i'm saying Mm -hmm. this that like i mean the art like it was a pretty game for sure but obviously it took off because it was a hilarious game and all these youtubers were playing it Mm -hmm. and then that got me to buy it and play it yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah, a game being streamable. And that's where I thought this question was going, actually, was, well, I watched this game being played and I didn't need to play it anymore. And that's, like, really harmful to, like, mm-hmm. single-player-only games, you know, like a story-heavy single-player game. Like, if you upload, if a game six hours long and someone's like, here's the game, six hours of it, and you watch it and don't need to play the game, that's, like, really harmful to the game developer's business. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Especially if it's somebody you like watching anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just going to tear through it. Like, the Game of Thrones Telltale game, like... There's a lot of reasons you'd want to watch that. It's like it's canonical yeah. HBO content for that series, but <laughs> yeah, like, it's crazy. It's a lot to you know pay for and, and play. So I'm sure a lot of people watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played it. Uh, I didn't get that's like that point. That's a point where I I pulled my parachute on Telltale games. Yep, you and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we will play video game twenty questions. Attention, dudes. Unfortunately. Most men will experience hair loss by age 35. By the time you notice, it's usually too late. A preemptive strike is required. And that is where 4hims.com comes in. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and men's health that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that can be embarrassing to handle in person. There's no waiting room, no doctor visits, but... These are prescription solutions backed by actual science. So you visit 4 answer a few questions, a real doctor will review and prescribe accordingly, and products are shipped directly to your door. While supplies last, GameScoop listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they go to 4 slash GameScoop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash GameScoop. And now... Back to the show. All right, it's time to play video game 20 questions. We were just explaining this to Sydney before we started. Obviously, everyone knows how 20 questions work. Uh, works in the uh, item you were trying to guess this time is a video game. The suggestion comes from Jonathan Klimpa in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, the one caveat to this is uh, it's, it's sudden death mode. So you need to be really sure of the game before you guess it, because if you guess the wrong game and you still have questions left, it's game over. Mm-hmm. So are with that said, working as a team, yes, you okay. are all working as a team against Jonathan Klimpa of Pensacola, Florida. Let the questioning begin. Yeah, we're working as a team, except with the caveat that I don't care if we <laughs> win or lose. Um, uh, do you play as a human? Yes. Do you have an AI companion? Hmm. <laughs> if you do, it's not. It's maybe. Not during most of the game. Okay. If you do, it's just for a, sh- a short period. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not like a main feature of the game, right? Okay. Yeah. It's okay. But it's possible. It's not Halo, guys. Possible. Or an uh, Iron Man game, I guess. <laughs> uh, did this come out uh, after the year 2000? Yes. Uh, oh, I had a good one, and I feel like I just lost it. Uh, Sounds like a sci-fi genre, though. That's good to know. Well... Why? How did you get that? Because you have an AI friend? No, you don't. He said you don't. You could during some of the game. Well, and well, I was assuming she just meant like an NPC. Oh. Like an NPC partner yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah, not like oh. a like computer. Oh, I thought you meant like yeah. a projection of a, you know, a hive mind or something. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you want to discuss the game? Is this, a, yeah, is this a multi-platform game? Yes. Was it multi-platform upon release, or was it ported to other platforms? Uh, oh, wait. Was it uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it multi-platform on release? Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. I like that clarifying question. That's good. Uh, was this from after 2010? No. We have a date range. Mm-hmm. Was this on the PS3 and Xbox 360 and Wii generation of consoles? Yes. Did it have a Wii version? No. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Xbox good to know. Yeah. Um, good question. Yeah. Does it have guns? Yes. Ample guns. <laughs> Is this part of a series? No. Whoa. Sounds um, like it's black. Finally. That's it, 10. It could be. It could be. No, that was PS2, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Um, <laughs> was this game was this game made in Japan? No. I'm losing track of the questions mm-hmm. that so, we asked. So it has it has guns. It's a multi-platform PS3 and 360 game, yeah. not made in Japan. You play as a person. Is there um is there do we ask about multiplayer? No, no. we haven't. Is there a multiplayer component? No. Oh. Single player game. Should we find out if it's a first-person shooter? Yeah, is it an FPS? No. But it does have guns. Mm-hmm. That's not a question. I know. No. <laughs> okay. And it doesn't have I was, a for some, I was, for some reason, picturing first-person shooter when, when we talked about all this gun stuff. Well, yeah, not for some reason. <laughs> I mean, for, for a big um, reason. Oh, uh, is this a uh, uh, digital release? Uh, like what is uh, it? Uh, like a downloadable. No. It's on disc, huh? Could it be Bionic Commando rearmed? No, that's part of a series. Not, not rearmed, I mean the other one. Huh. It's a standalone. Mm-hmm. Was this well received critically? M- moderately. Not part of a series trips me up. PNO3 matches everything he said so far, except it was a GameCube exclusive <clears throat> at launch. So it's too old. It has guns in it? You dance with guns? Well, I don't know. She might be firing some sort of energy something, <laughs> but it's basically a gun game. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to picture like third person shooters. We're at 15. There are five questions left. Whoa, that was really fast. Yeah. yeah. Let's get some Th- questions. Does it have a realistic art style? Yes. Not part of a series is tripping me up, too. Because I'm like, I don't know, Gears of War. <laughs> should, we burn, should we burn one of the license? I think it might be a licensed game. Is it a licensed game? No. Uh, all right, we got one question. We can, no, two questions we can two ask, questions. and the pinky finger we have to guess. Okay, okay. We have enough information though here. Probably. Did you hear Sam's question about what did you ask? I think Justin was speaking over you. Critically well received. Yeah, I said it was moderately well received. Yeah, it's not helpful to me. <laughs> um. So you got these guns. But it could You're playing be, by yourself. So here's the, it's pr- it could person. be like an open world game. Yeah, like it could it be can't totally be GTA world. or Driver because they're part of a series, but yeah. some sort of some knockoff of one of those, yeah. like destroy all humans, like that kind of thing, something like that. Although we failed on that one the other mm-hmm. week. Yeah, so maybe open worldy or even uh, even a brawler or something. Those is, were uncommon in that era. Is it an open world game? Yes. Uh, okay. What was the so prototype got a sequel, but what was the, oh an infamous? Those both have franchises. Yeah, so the 360 generation like open world game. Crackdown. Not a license. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I don't know, like there was an Incredible Hulk open world game and some other weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, but not one of those. An open world Lots game that didn't guns. get any sequels that was moderately well received. Was there like a Saints Row knockoff at the time? I mean, Saints Row was a knockoff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Knockoff uh, of the knockoff. There's the Rockstar games like Bully, which were like, there was Bully. I don't think there's guns in Bully, but I, I, I think you're on the right track. What else? Jeez, what else? There's a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, what about like Sleeping Dogs type mm-hmm. games? We, it, Sleeping be, Dogs was published by Square Enix, so who developed it? It has to be a Japanese game, right? I don't know. I don't recall. But aren't there sequels? No. Well, they did that weird sort of pseudo sequel. I don't know if Damon would have counted that Yeah, as being part of a series. They did that weird something that I don't even know if it came out. It might have been canceled. Was that even the right generation? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It is? That was last gen. That's an interesting one. Well, now I want to figure out... You play as a police officer in that game. Oh, there's Mafia. There's The Godfather that was licensed. The Godfather was licensed. I like that game, actually. Did this have to do with organized crime? I mean, I'm talking to you sleeping dogs for that. Yeah, or I was going to ask, I think you play as a cop, and I was going to ask if you play as a oh, cop. But then if you don't... But I don't know if you play as a cop. Is organized crime one of the themes of this game? Mm, 
if you're if Sam and I are operating under the assumption that sleeping dogs <laughs> does. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not based on organized crime. Just unorganized crime. Yeah. Disorganized <laughs> just crime. Just mayhem. Yeah. General you, mayhem. Uh, That's a good yeah. name for a game. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think the villains or the protagonists in this game would be considered to be a part of organized crime. So okay. Not so sleeping yeah. dogs. So it's not like a GTA thing, probably. It's more like probably prototype. Yeah. I, I wish we would have zeroed in on five questions. Yeah. So <laughs> what if we all played it though? Then it'll feel bad. I wish yeah, we would have zeroed in on like whether it was like sci-fi themed or more realistic or like. Well, he said it was. Oh, well, it was realistic art style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, we have two I, questions. No, this no, is right. it. You gotta, oh, you gotta make your guess. We gotta, wow. make, we gotta guess the done. game now. Uh, not licensed open world game. Not made in Japan. 360 PS3 generation. Not multiplayer. No multiplayer. Not made in Japan. There are we should guns. Have, we should have zeroed in more on uh, that. Probably. Didn't, didn't get a sequel. What's our guess? I can reveal it if you. I'm just. I'm always just think of the strategy guides from that era because yeah. I know we would have done one for this big open world game, and then I think about who did what. I usually just think of nothing at all. I just don't yeah. have any. <laughs> My mind just dog goes blank. really pops out because I remember it so well. It's um, a great game too. And then uh, other ones would. Darksiders, it's another one. Got a sequel eventually. Yeah, totally. Shall I reveal it? Yeah. yeah. Published by EA, developed by the now defunct Pandemic. Are we there yet? Uh, um, Set in World War Two. No, I don't have it. The Saboteur. Oh, the Saboteur. That game was really cool. The Saboteur. That was the one that was all black and white, and then you would uh, there would be like splashes of color, right? Or you would yeah. bring color back into the world. Yeah, or something. there was definitely that was, a didn't color have some too, weird. Yeah. I've never heard of that game. I was gonna say I have no I recollection know. of this. I was probably published playing by Halo, yeah. So. It's, uh, yeah, that was like their open world game set in uh, World War II, where you're going to be taking down the Nazis. The saboteur was neat. Yeah, I think it was well received, but it just didn't sell well enough to get a sequel. And then Pandemic went out of business. The way your character climbed in that game was weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's my only like. Right. Look up the climbing well. animation. It was odd. We were like stumped. Early. Well done. As the game came out during early on in my career here at yeah. IGN. Uh, but thank you for the suggestion. Jonathan Klimpa from Pensacola, Florida. We, we, oh, do you want to bring this out? We were just talking about this. You just got this it's in the real. mail? Oh. You got oh, it in the mail. We got it. You thought, if you didn't, in case you didn't think we were telling the truth, this is Beyonce Two Souls. <laughs> this is the box for Beyonce Two Souls here. Uh, the truth hurts, everybody. As you can see from the uh, the cover here, it's really something special. And I urge you to go look at the gameplay videos that we have on IGN.com right now because it's... It works on Mac? It is something else. Actually, there's a message on the back right. from uh, from someone named Chris. Uh, it says, right uh, first of all, it says one Beyonce, two souls, one ring to rule them all. <laughs> it says all that. Uh, should have put a, all right, put a ring on it. I'm going to read this. Okay. But if that swears, you're going to have to bleep them. Okay. This soft, the software contained within this package is provided as is. It's not going to do anything bad to you. We make no legal promises. Our lawyers left before we could ask them any real questions, so we can't make any promises or guarantees about anything, really. This game is probably okay for us to give away to people, but if we aren't, then you aren't allowed to play it because that's against the law. <laughs> if you are legally allowed to play it, go for it. If you are not legally allowed to use the software, then please destroy it immediately. The software makes no official promises and has no official licenses, so do whatever you want with that info. Thanks. Chris. Thank you, Chris. And we uh, recorded the gameplay from this on a see, it's on a USB stick. Even yeah. has it in, in, in You realize that 100% our network is just infected with malware now, right? <laughs> like, so we have a strong firewall. I'm sure uh, we'll be fine. I will say it has a great ending. I saw the net. <laughs> Involving <laughs> waffles. Well, I would ask everyone what we're playing this weekend, but I'm sure we're all going to be playing Beyonce Two Souls. Yep. So... Mystery solved there. Mm-hmm. I am free from. I don't know what to do with myself because I've been rewatching all nineteen Marvel movies. <laughs> Did you watch them all? Yeah, I watched them all, and now it's like I feel like I'm emerg- emerging from like a fugue state. Like, you I didn't watch Infinity War, so you have no. I did. I watched it Sunday. Oh, okay. Oh, did, you waited until Sunday? Yeah. Well, did you go kids. in spoiler free though? Yeah, oh, okay. this office was a real minefield on Friday, but yeah, then once you make it to the weekend, it's easy. Yeah, I went last night. And you liked it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Guardians still your favorite though, Justin? Guardians is my favorite, okay. followed by Avengers One. Mm. Sid- oh. Sydney, what's your favorite? I don't know. Infinity War is up there. Yeah, I, me I'm too. having a hard time saying that it is my favorite just because it feels kind of very know. new. Yeah, fresh. it has to sit. But right now, I feel like it might be Infinity mm. War. I liked. I, I. It has the best jokes. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked Infinity War a lot too, but I also really liked right. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. That's my second that too. To be, yeah. yeah it's Ragnarok's my number one. 
a nice, really good. So good. I really liked it. Yeah, I was surprised. It's really fun. All right, uh, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Sydney, we're so glad you could join us. Thank you Hopefully, for uh, me. the first of many scoops to come. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you, Sam. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.